just then. This is a special news bulletin broadcast that felt like needed to be brought to attention of St. Joe County. There has been the process of ongoing debate happening currently, and it involves the South Bend Fire Department, South Bend Police Department, and the mental health crisis teams throughout. Take a listen on what is happening. By listening to just a few minutes, probably the first five to ten minutes of this without doing the broadcast, there was a lot of tough times, a lot of opinions, a lot of stuff going on. So I thought it'd be a great idea to bring this to everyone's attention. Stay tuned for this is an ongoing development. Ongoing development that may take some time to adjust. Mental health is happening a lot. Trying to figure out the best way to handle the situation can be to fit quote for some. Take a listen on what the South Bend leaders, how they feel about the ongoing debate that had just happened today. Should our officials, such as the South Bend Fire Department, Police Department, be energized in how to handle mental health crisis? That is a question that is on debate in South Bend currently. And so we're going to listen to a special broadcast put out by South Bend officials on what that looks like and their opinion on the matter. Stay tuned. This is very lengthy. Uh, a different reason, but uh, here... We're looking to, to talk about Bill 2236 that was filed uh, by a couple council members last week. And we're here to clear up a, a lot of misunderstandings and uh, a lot of things that have been asserted uh, as this uh, is considered by the Common Council uh, later today. Um, I do want to uh, note that do want to uh, note that uh, you know we, we uh, sent out a statement I believe uh, a little bit ago uh, about the update of what we know about the investigation into the tragedy a week and a half ago. We will not be able to comment directly uh, on the tragedy itself uh, until the investigation is complete and consistent with that statement. But uh, obviously, you you see uh, in the resolution before you uh, that there are a lot of things uh, in the uh, preamble to this resolution uh, that does discuss that. And uh, that's something that obviously uh, we believe is uh, premature uh, and perhaps even reckless by the bill's authors to put forth uh, such statements that uh, you know haven't been confirmed uh, by the investigation or, or uh, other uh, evidence. And uh, so we do think that that is reckless, inflammatory, and, and uh, you know ultimately we, we do think that some of those statements may end up being uh, proven false, but uh, again, that's as much as, as we're going to say about those. Had the bill's authors consulted with uh, anyone in the administration prior to filing, or even uh, their fellow council members, I imagine that uh, the prudence of, of not making statements about with something uh, already on an ongoing investigation uh, would have become apparent to them, and, and hopefully, it wouldn't even be in this uh, in this bill. Uh, the other thing you, you, you'll notice in the uh, in the resolution is uh, a push to to have the, the fire service, our South Bend Fire Service, uh, be the ones to respond to 
mental health uh, crisis events. And, uh, and if they don't, uh, there is a thinly veiled threat that the funding for existing and uh, any future programs would be withheld uh, until that, that's implemented. And, you know, first, that's not a, a respectful way to, to uh, treat our, our men and women in our fire service. That, again, had the bill sponsors reached out to Chief Buchanan or, or others in the fire service, uh, you know, we likely would have, they would have learned uh, the complexities with, with uh, an idea such as this. I know that the bill's authors have, uh, were in the paper today uh, claiming that existing personnel uh, could respond to mental health uh, uh, calls for service. That is, uh, you know, again, this is something that is ignorant about how our fire department operates. Um, we, one, they have to be trained, but, you know, they're trained for other types of calls for service. So behind us we have an ambulance, so our medical EMS providers, uh, imagine, you know, they're, they're responding to heart attack strokes and, and other critical calls for service and medical emergencies. Uh, then we have firefighters that, you know, uh, uh, God forbid uh, your house or, or your place of business uh, catches on fire. They've got to respond to, to the fire, and they have extensive training. They are experts in medical for EMS, and they're experts in firefighting for fires. And uh, it, it's difficult to imagine how uh, existing personnel, we don't have, uh, we don't budget to have a department that uh, is just, uh, you know, more than we need to respond to the call volume that we expect to receive uh, in, in a given year. So that that is uh, problematic and hopefully that clears up and I know Chief will expound on that uh, in, in a moment. Um, and, and then, you know, we've talked a little bit about process. Uh, you know, you'll note the, um, the date that this was received in the clerk's office, August 4th, that comes after the filing deadline to get on the agenda. So, the, you know, uh, Vice President, the Council Vice President Chilinskoski will talk about the process uh, in a moment, but you, you see very clearly there this filed resolution was filed uh, August 4th uh, as dated by the clerk's office, which falls uh, about a day after the, the filing deadline to get a, a resolution or bill onto the council agenda. And so, you know, with the mess that this has created, we, you know, there's also looking to be efforts to reform the process for how resolutions get filed. And again, uh, Vice President Sheila Niskowski can, can talk about those in a minute. Um, and, and the sad thing is, this is something that everyone up here can agree on, is that we need to improve uh, how we respond to, to mental health crises. And in fact, uh, we're already working on these things. We're working on establishing a mental health crisis center with Beacon and the county. And there have been a lot of discussions, again, as you saw in today's paper, uh, with Oaklawn and the county and our 911 center about how to form mobile crisis teams. So this is, uh, you know, this resolution is unfortunately causing more questions than answering uh, anything going forward. Um, we know that count these council resolutions are non-binding, so even if passed, they don't actually do anything to move this forward. And uh, with, again, with the, the confusion that this has created, it's actually made the ongoing efforts that are already underway uh, more complicated than they were before. And so with that, I will turn it over to Vice President Sheila Niskowski. Uh, the mayor just talked about it is about processes um, that we 
have that determine how ordinances and resolutions get on the agenda. I can tell you right now there's a breakdown of communication on what resolution is going to be for the committee this evening. Uh, our committee meetings start at 3 o'clock. So we're here Monday at 3 o'clock, and nobody is sure what, what resolution we're going to be hearing in reference to Bill 2236. There was a substitute filed, and we're not even sure if the substitute that is filed is the correct filing. So there may be a substitute to the substitute, which tells me that this was hastily filed. There was no communication with the chair of Health and Public Safety Committee, which is Councilman Eli Wax. The protocols in place for proper filing were not filed, followed. Uh, August the 4th, it is stamped August the 4th. There's no cover letter. We don't know who the co-sponsors are or the sponsor is or who's doing the presentation or the bullet points about the intent of this resolution. my 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 brother who 
was also sworn, and he was not talked to either. I will not speak on his behalf, but I know that his sentiments are pretty similar to mine. I, as I'm looking around, I do not have uh, anything prepared but some numbers to give you perspective. You know, I see Mike, Andy, Todd, uh, several people that we have been involved with, meaning the police and fire department for years now, talking about some type or semblance of a mobile crisis intervention team. Also included in that, it was initially uh, one of the catalysts was Faith in Indiana. This is going back two and a half, maybe even three years ago. We didn't disagree. This is working with the, the sheriff as well, all other county agencies, Beacon Health System, uh, Dr. Bob from the health department. Th this has not been forgotten. This has been a slow but methodical process in, in progress. Um, it doesn't, it's not as moving as, I fa as fast as I, I feel it should be, but it is moving. Um, there is a lot of uh, progress that has been made. Um, there's been some drafts. Matter of fact, just, la just this past week, I received a proposal draft for the communication center on how they would handle certain calls. Again, this is in draft form. You're probably going to ask for it. You're not going to receive it until it's vetted through all the legal um, people that we have within the city, the county, and, of course, the PSAP center itself. Um, but it is a great start um, that we have. With that being said, I will tell you, uh, as of last Wednesday, and I didn't want to pound my staff any further that they've been dealing with many situations, um, I had them pull our calls for service. From the beginning of this year until last Wednesday at 9 a.m., we had 668 calls for some type of mental crisis. 667 of them ended without you even inquiring. When we do 800 to 1,000 calls a year, that's bare minimum. That is not counting unwanted persons, domestic violence, assaults, or other type of fights, theft, vandalism, disturbances, 911 hangups, and unknown calls, which every one of those has been at one point in time some type of mental crisis involvement. Not every one of those, but within those calls. So that number is probably far greater, and we do not have the resources to dig into every one and find out what those are. So I will tell you, obviously, between 600 at this point in time, and probably 12, it's, it's been increasing over the years, probably over 12 or 1,500 is my guess by the end of the year. That is what we respond to. And the reason I'm saying this is because I want you, the media, to ask two questions and find the answers. How did the police get involved in the first place with mental crises? And number two, why did police get involved? Not saying we can't, we won't, or we shouldn't, but this has been thrown in our laps for, I've been on 35 years since I can remember, and having us contend with these situations that everybody, when something goes bad, claim we don't know what we're doing or we're not trained for it, which is literally the opposite. And I proved to you, I just, I just told you the numbers, that we resolve 99.99 of these. And almost every single call we go on, regardless mental crisis or not, there is a form of de-escalation involved. And we handle those flawlessly. You never report on those, rightfully so. It's the ones that don't go as planned or expected or wanted or wished uh, that you report on. So with that being said, on top of all of that, um, and without getting into what happened two Fridays ago, I don't know if any clinician, any response team, any medic, any firefighter, anybody from the mayor's office or council that will go up to a person who is armed having some type of mental crisis and de-escalate that situation peacefully. None. 
If you find it, please let me know where that is. I know people brought up Anchorage and other places like this. I can 100% assure you that they did not have people go in unarmed and resolved when there's an armed individual involved. It has not happened. So I would appreciate if, if media and others would do some research, do some homework, do some fact-finding, and not make statements based on emotion. Do them on facts, do them on evidence. That, that's what I'm asking for. We will continue as a South Bend Police Department to work with our firefighter partners, city council, whoever it takes, including Beacon and the Health Department, to move forward with the, the MKIT, the Mobile Crisis Intervention Team, to move forward and get that moving. Again, these are, they're beyond baby steps right now. I, I think we're just above the, the crawling to almost walking stage, but it's certainly not running and it's certainly not the marathon stage. And when that comes, um, it can't be soon enough. And I'll be able to answer questions afterwards. Chief, I, I believe you're next, sir. Good afternoon. On behalf of the men and women that I represent of the Salt Bend Fire Department, I stand here to speak on the resolution that has been submitted, but was without knowledge of myself being informed. But I understand the basis for which it was made, but it was made with lack of regard for a lot of different people that should have been involved in that conversation, primarily starting off with myself. I am the lead of the Salt Bend Fire Department, and anything that stipulates Salt Bend Fire Department in this regard shall first and foremost come through me. And when I see documentation or documents that stipulate otherwise, it doesn't make me happy. The men and women in our organization, they work diligently, and they put forth more hours than anyone can imagine. If you're not familiar with our work schedule, we work 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And our main effort with my staff, as well as the union leadership, is to make sure that our men and women have the adequate resources that they need, the training that they, that they have to have, to be able to go and, and serve the citizens of this great city. As was mentioned by my counterpart, the fire department, Southampton Fire Department, as well as other uh, local entities, fire and police, have been engaged with our dispatching center for months now to work with Oakland and their clinicians to address mental health. Mental health is not something that the South Bend Fire Department can correct or cure. We provide emergency medical services as well as fire services throughout this city. We do it expeditiously and efficiently as we possibly can. And I can't tell you how our people work harder than you can even imagine during the last couple of years of facing whether it is the opioid epidemic or the COVID pandemic and trying to make sure that they are staying safe and taking care of the citizens that we serve. That's what they are trained for. They are not mental health evaluators or clinicians that can do that or provide that service. I will agree that it takes all of us. It takes fire personnel, it takes police personnel it takes clinicians, it takes the dispatch center to field the calls, to make sure that the right calls 
and the right persons to respond to those calls is being met. Yes, we have the mobile intervention, mobile crisis interventions team that's uh, active, but as was stipulated in another uh, document from, that was uh, posted today, Mr. Horsley from Oakland stipulated that it's going to take all of us to be able to move this Oakland hotline into a 24-hour day service to our community. There is no light switch that we can turn on that's going to do it. It's going to take effort and it's going to take time. We all understand that time means that some things are going to happen that's outside of our control. But on the fire department, what we all understand is we get called after the fires start. We get called after the emergency medical situation is reported. We don't get called prior to that. We need to know what we're going on a call for so that we can put our people in the best situation possible to succeed not to put them in harm's way unnecessarily in, in situations that they are not able to be protected. Their protection is my main is my main priority. Making sure they're safe is my top priority. And that what I will I vow to continue to do. We have to start working on a community response. To mental health in this area. Again, we have the hotline and we have the Oakland clinicians, but it's going to take a, a, a total community effort in order to achieve this. As well as Sopping Fire Department feel that we appreciate everyone believing that we are the answer and that we can provide what's necessary in this case, that is not true. We believe that we are or should be partners in this effort to continue to have conversations that involve emergency services, but the Salt Bend Fire Department, staffing-wise, we don't have the staffing for it, for one, but we are not mental health clinicians or evaluators, but we appreciate being a part of the conversation. And all I would ask in the, in the future is that Sopin Fire Department, if there's any conversations that need to be in regards to Sopin Fire Department, that they will be made to me prior to documents being drafted. If there's any questions, I'll be happy to field them afterwards as well. All right, well, thank you. That uh, prepares uh, our uh, prepared remarks. I will just mention that we don't know. Uh, none of us can speak to what council will do uh, later today, but uh, you know we do hope that the bill's authors understand that they have created a complete mess and a lot of confusion, and they will pull it in order to work and figure out what makes sense. And if they don't pull it, uh, I hope the, their council colleagues will table it or make sure there is an adequate discussion so that we get this right. Um, right now, this resolution, I mean, I, and I hope the media will if it passes, if it passes or it gets tabled or it fails, this is not about whether you support a mobile crisis team or not. This resolution has, as we already said, is non-binding. It could pass 9-0. I could sign it, and it does nothing to move this issue forward. 
Uh, so if it is tabled or it fails, this is nothing about mobile crisis teams. In fact, as you heard, we're already working on implementing them here in our community, and we will continue to do so whether or not this resolution passes, fails, gets tabled, or what have you. I am hopeful that the council will come up with a resolution that we can support and, and make, uh, make a statement that we are united in making sure that these happen. And with that, any, any questions that you have? Yeah, I'm not going to discuss the case. Um, this is something that, I mean, unfortunately, um, and fortunately, um, this just happened. So there, we have an agreement right now. We're still in the in the signature process of that agreement, but we've also had uh, the verbal commitment from uh, St. Joseph County and uh, Mishawaka PD. So as you saw, when they had a, a Mishawaka officer-involved shooting, it was South Bend and County that, that did the investigation and evidence collection. Um, if County were to have one, then it would be, unless it was a jail, then ISP would uh, take care of that. Um, but it would be South Bend, Mishawaka, and then in South Bend, it's, it's County of Mishawaka. So County has the lead on that. I don't know what the status is of their investigation. You would have, have to ask the sheriff. It is my understanding that the prosecutor was gone last week, so I, I, don't, I don't know if there's been conversation with the investigators and the prosecutor or not. That is typ typically what happens in most investigations. Um, I'm not just talking about police ones, but most anyway. And if the prosecutor's not here, um, that conversation probably didn't occur. And I'm only speculating. I haven't talked to the sheriff. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. Yeah. So if the county police who was leading the investigation decide they're not going to be the ones to release that, then we will release um, everything that, they, that we've given them when it comes to uh, in-car and body cameras. Jordan, to answer your question, I've had a sense of urgency before this happened. I, again, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen on any given call. You have a, a better idea when there's something defined, when there is a mental crisis that does occur. Because, as the chief said, we can prepare ourselves men mentally and tactically uh, to deal with those situations. When a firearm or other weapon is introduced, not just for that person, but capable of harming others, that ups the ante and ups what we have to do in a tactical and a, a de-escalation type response. Uh, again, I, I don't want to get into it. Um, I, I will, obviously, when the investigation concludes, we are also running a parallel uh, internal investigation on our end. But we can only go so far. We don't want to uh, bypass the, the criminal investigation. Um, but when that concludes and the internal concludes, I'm pretty well, the mayor's already assured us that we will have uh, some type of, of, of press statement to make. Well, uh, look, this is from my, from my perspective, and I'm not quoting anyone, but I do know for a fact that there was some trouble getting funding. They were able to get funding. Uh, I, I believe it's down state right now uh, where they're looking through funding through 2023. They have it this year. They have a physical location in place, a 23-hour facility, 
what that progress is. I don't know what I was just talking to Andy a little bit of Andy Meyer from the fire department. And we last met, I think it was the last week of May. Um, and that was the last status that I was made aware of. Now there has been back and forth correspondence in draft form, trying to come up with different things, protocols. The 911 center apps actually just did uh, release something in draft form that I, I, I literally just read this morning. I was gone half of last week until Saturday night for uh, down in Elwood, but um, it's some form of policy that they're going to have when it comes to not just 988, but other calls that come in through, through 911, and how they're going to handle it, who they need to contact. So essentially, they before or as of right now, really, there's no vetting process. Somebody calls 911, says whatever they have to say, and they immediately send police. Fire department, in most of those cases, are, are put on standby or staging based on what that call may be. But it's literally having us go out there and see what's going on. That's kind of so we're flying. I hate to say it and be cliche, but by the seat of our pants when we get a majority of these calls. speculate again. I mean, I only know just little bits and pieces of, of what occurred out there, um, whether it's from social media or, or other sources, but I'll reiterate that I don't know of any response team in this country that would go out and deal with an armed person without police. None. If you, if you find some, please let me know. Prior to that, we are looking, the chief said it best, we can only respond to what we know. If there is something, no matter what the situation, somebody that's been having a mental crisis for days, weeks, months, or years, that intervention should have occurred elsewhere, not through the fire, not through police, through the proper um, psychological fields. And that's not occurring. What reasons? I don't know. You would have to ask those institutions that are charged with that. Going back to the other part, it, was, it wasn't just monetary, but I was, I was advised that getting personnel, getting people hired to do these, whether they're clinicians, whether interventionists, whether they're interveners, interrupters, whatever it may be, they are not getting the people in there to be able to do that job. Right now, there is uh, a smaller version. Uh, it's 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., I believe, uh, Monday through Friday. There is a, a on-call component but th that they will come in, um, but that's based on whatever type of incident that may entail. So, I mean, it's, it's a gam it's definitely a gamut. Somebody calling in from Kentucky, they, they could actually call in an R911 center through, through 911 or 988 uh, and have those services there directed by the 911 personnel. So that, that is happening right now. But we're talking everything prior. When we respond to whatever incident, including two Fridays ago, that was in progress. There, there's no time to do research. There's no time to do it. We had um, not just the, the person involved, but we had an entire, uh, practically a neighborhood, standing within dangerous distance. I'll leave it there. Well, that's everybody's decision at one point in time. 
But again, I'm not going to speculate, speculate or revisit. Um, but you're talking in an immediate, dynamic, rapidly evolving situation at moment in time. I didn't see or have any knowledge of any officers on cell phones or whatever trying to to do something that you saw was it was roughly 40 minutes or whatever that time may have been. Um, there, like I said, there was de-escalation involved, not just with um, with the party or parties involved, but other people that were out there as well. There was reasons. Uh, nothing was um, off the cuff. There are reasons why why officers do what they do, and probably in this case did what they did. And we will find out, and you will know those reasons. I will tell you in advance. We will not discuss uh, tactics. That anything that includes public safety for, for our community or our officers, I will not discuss them here or later on. Um, but there is there are reasons for doing what we do. So that's something that we do with tactics, and we have a policy, procedure, and training that we're involved. We also we also had high, uh, hostage and crisis negotiators that were present. Um, some of those members are actually instructors uh, in crisis intervention on our SWAT team. Um, we have, I believe, it's 17 individuals on our police department that are critical incident uh, trained and certified. Um, crisis intervention, critical incident, peer-to-peer, there, there's a whole... It's not just one thing about de-escalating in one situation. It runs the gamut all the way, including police officers, which, by the way, uh, last year I was a record number year for police officer suicides, and we're on path this year uh, to supersede last year's. Nobody, nobody does stories on that. Any other opinion? Yes, sir. being facetious but yesterday so I, I would just tell you from from being the chief of police in my personal perspective cop of 35 years chief of seven years on this police department i don't care about this resolution or bill i don't i, I want action activity to occur where people can intervene i don't care what the situation is whether it's a mental crisis or firearms involved you know we've got 74 people 73 people criminally assault sh- shootings that occurred this year already um, I want people to be able to intervene so we're not called and the fire department isn't called to have to come out to something. People, whether it's a, a friend or family member or whether, whether it's professionals, clinicians or whatever, to handle the situation before we have to get involved. We don't want to be putting people in handcuffs, taking them to jail when somebody else could have potentially alleviated that before we even got involved in the first place. That is a last resort for us. Um, but again, many of the predicaments that we're put in is because somebody else is not doing it or can't do it. Can't do it.
there'll be a, a lot on the agenda uh, for this particular uh, meeting at 7, so we'll go through all the committee meetings first. I don't know what to expect as far as health and public safety because it's really not clear to any of us what bill we're going to see. Um, like I said, more positive dialogue is always a good thing. I think the consensus would be we all care deeply about mental health, um, but to say that we're going to put people from the fire department, you know, where someone potentially could have a dangerous situation, there has to be a lot more dialogue, and that dialogue has not not occurred, it hasn't happened. So I can't. I'm not on this particular committee, um, so. I haven't really polled or talked to any of the other committee members other than I know through that is a lot of confusion on what's the bill we're hearing, is this a substitute bill, that we heard that there, the bill wasn't filed properly. So it sounds to me like this was rushed. It, it didn't even meet the cutoff time, which is Wednesday at noon. It was still put on the agenda, and nobody is still clear what it is we're going to see. So to answer your question, I. I'm not sure. I would hope that the sponsors would just pull this bill and sit down and talk with Chief Buchanan, you know, Chief Buskowski, the mental health people from Oakland. Even reading the article in today's paper, it was clear to me that there's not a consensus on who should handle these type of calls. So that's telling me there needs to be much more community input and dialogue. So hopefully they just pull it. That would be my hope. This will conclude this special broadcast. Once again, this is breaking news coming from St. Joe County involving the South Bend Fire Department, South Bend Police Department, in the situation involving a mental health crisis last week. Stay tuned for more 
and developing updates as they come about. Take care and have a wonderful night.